Welcome to our summer series, Embodied Holiness, One Voice, where one person shares one story, one thought, or one idea that we hope will help you draw near to God. I'm Lindsay Lewis. Thanks for joining me today on Embodied Holiness, One Voice. It was just a normal day in the life of a mom, running from one thing to another, just barely getting it all done. It was time to drop off my confident, independent daughter at dance class, just like we do every week, then heading to my next stop when it happened. Without warning, she started crying. It didn't take long before those tears escalated into clinging to me not to leave. She would miss me too much, and she said, I don't want to go. Now, something you should know is this is a drastic departure from her normal behavior. Normally, she chasses in without missing a beat and never looks back. So today, this really caught me off guard. Why are you crying? I ask both to her as well as to myself. Maybe she's just tired. Maybe she's had too much screen time. Or maybe she's coming down with something. The questions were filling my head. I felt pressured to respond quickly. Most of us have been there before, and if you have children, you are no stranger to the occasional, maybe even frequent, bouts of unexplained emotion and tears. But here's the thing. We didn't really have time for crying. Not today. Now, there are some days that I can muster up the patience to sit quietly and be a shoulder to cry on. Some days I can empathize and comfort, but this was not one of those days. We had things to do, tasks to accomplish, and I needed to be on my way to the next thing. We do not have time for crying. I was desperate for a quick resolution, so I soon found myself resorting to the anti-tears propaganda from my youth. You might be familiar with sayings like, suck it up, buttercup, or then maybe a frustrated, dry it up right now or else. But not surprisingly, these did not work. And eventually, I pulled out my personal favorite. An oldie, but a goodie. Big girls don't cry. Does that sound familiar? Maybe you've heard it. Maybe you've said it. And maybe you even believe it. Big girls don't cry. But here's the thing. Maybe they do. As I drove away, leaving her behind and heading off to check off the next thing on my list, I began to wonder if in my effort to create a self-sufficient child, I left no room for a Christ-sufficient person. Yes, of course, we are all responsible for our behavior, but we will never, and should not even strive, to be completely self-sufficient. As children of God, we are given the peace of knowing that we are not alone. We are not left to our own sufficiency, which would never be enough. But instead, we can know that His grace is sufficient. Take a look at the Bible. It's not a book full of stories about individuals pulling themselves up by their bootstraps. It's not a book about God's people figuring it out on their own. It is a book about the sufficiency of God, the creator of the universe, the keeper of promises, the divine and the holy that came down from heaven to give himself up and save his people. And the best stories of the Bible establish our smallness, but also our value to our father. Let's think about David, a hero, 
a child warrior, slayer of Goliath, a powerful and wise king, King David of Israel. But as we explore many of the Psalms, David wasn't always joyful and basking in his perfect life, which, if you know the full story, is certainly no fairy tale. But instead, he's often found lamenting, grieving, crying out to the Lord. Psalms 38, 9 through 11 says, All my longings lie open before you, Lord. My sighing is not hidden from you. My heart pounds. My strength fails me. Even the light has gone from my eyes. My friends and companions avoid me because of my wounds, and my neighbors stay far away. Later, the psalmist says, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, Lord, hear my voice. David grieved to the Lord. He cried out. Some might even say he completely fell apart. And if it's okay for King David, maybe it's okay for you and me too. David wasn't afraid to share his suffering with the Lord. He wasn't afraid to cry. A mighty warrior reduced to a puddle of tears on the floor. I want to be more like that. I want my children and others that I impact to know that it's okay to cry. But when we do, we cry out to our Creator, our Father, who hears us, comforts us, and provides for us. This made me think about the way that I approached my sobbing child. Did I give permission for her to cry and feel seen? Because of my response, did she feel safe expressing hurt, sadness, or fear? Or did I unintentionally convey that her tears were shameful? What message am I sending to her about what is true? I want to reflect the love of Christ, which doesn't demand self-sufficiency, but a Christ-sufficiency that says, whenever I am weak, then I am strong. I want to reflect the grace of our loving Father by embracing her need and recognizing that sometimes big girls or big boys do cry, and it's okay. But the deeper lesson I'm learning is that I must be willing to be vulnerable, broken, and sometimes maybe even completely fall apart, knowing that my inabilities or weaknesses are not shameful, but they are what draw me closer to the comfort and love of my Father. So if you need a good cry today, do it. Cry it out. Cry it out to the Lord. And receive this prayer. Dear Lord, hear our cries. See our broken hearts. Understand our despair. Lord, give us comfort in your ability rather than our own. Sit with us while we grieve and embrace us in our laments. God, forgive us for striving for self-sufficiency and lead us to dependency on your grace and love. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at Embodied Holiness, and you can find all the episodes along with bonus material at EmbodiedHoliness.com.